NBA Strayer, how are you going? How are you going? Hope you're right. This is NBA Strayer. It is Monday, December 4, all day. Oh, Mondays. Tell you what, feeling pretty Garfieldy today. I just love lasagna. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. You can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, CodeBet Daily, Fox Sports Lab NFL. All that good stuff here in Larry Yama Studios, giving you the lowdown on all things NBA, all the ins and outs, as well as a little bit of Australia. Speaking of which, Dante had a kid. How good is that? Dante Exum. Proud pappy. Love that gear. Uh, Josh Giddy. There's a big story on the weekend. Seems like he might have been being blackmailed. That's not great. Uh, also, LeBron and Ima Yudoka got into it on the weekend. Uh, we're going to wrap all this up in the NBA Australia Game Wraps, the weekend winners and losers. But most importantly, we've got the in-season tournament over the next couple of days. So that's going to be good. We're going to preview the first two games for you for tomorrow. We'll sort of just talk about it a little bit more in depth as well. Uh, we've also got that's on the knife. Old mate, no mate, spot on the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some yeah, nahs. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day and Outback Takehouse. We're serving up a flame grill take. There's also an Andrew Gay's grandmother award for outstanding achievement for excellence in... No. Outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. There you go. Got there in the end. And we'll pick and preview those games tomorrow. That's going to be fun on the bun. Uh, we might finish up with a new daily review as well. We'll see how we go. All right, let's get into it. Episode 997 of NBA Australia. 1997. What were you doing in 1997? I reckon. Oh, geez. That was a, uh, a rough year, the old year nine. Yes. Anyway. Stampy's up and down the... Uh, BHS Art Centre. Was that where we were? Yeah, it sounds right. That's where our lockers were. Good times. Great memories. All right, let's get into it. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Better watch out for the uh, Kim Jim walk attack, though. Went to the doctor, wearing the walking boots. Got some anti-inflammatories. Feeling a little bit better over the weekend. So that's good news, isn't it? Uh, thanks to all the folks who have reached out. A uh, <laughs> couple of good ones, uh, which were funny. Had a good Dave Brown one which is a good year now, which I'll bring up later. But otherwise, very nice. All right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. Uh, usually, yeah, it started the last week, well, two weeks now of uh, Jim having a whinge. But geez, don't have to go there right now. Uh, the bit of news, as I mentioned at the top, Dante had a kid. <laughs> love to see that. <coughs> oh, Dante, absolutely crushing it out there with uh, Daria Lior Exum. My little light. Aw, isn't that lovely? It's very, very cool. Here for all things Dante having a kid. There's a very nice picture of him with the wee baby as well. The cool thing is like he and Luca had their kids basically on the same day. So Mavs for life. All right, the Josh Giddy stuff popped off pretty hardcore on the weekend. If you're reading the Code Sports article uh, by our guys, Matt Logue, Mick Randall, it's Mansoor. Uh, but really... This piece of reported information sort of hit on some pretty interesting aspects. Uh, Seemingly, uh, it all happened when he was a rookie. He met a young lady in California. He believed she was 19. They were at a club. The alleged relationship did not last long. Uh, It's understood the girl lied about her age to get into the nightclub. She interacted with Giddy. Multiple sources have confirmed it was a one-night encounter and was ended the next day when Giddy was made aware she was at high school. Yeesh! Uh, Interestingly, sort of since that was sort of all laid out, uh, it's believed the girl in question and her family are feeling remorseful about the situation, the drama it has caused now that it's become public and a social media scandal. Fascinating part to me is this, how the videos were leaked to social media and the motivation behind making them public a part of the NBA investigation and not believed to be related to the young woman or family, it is understood a threat was made from an unknown person. 
to derail Giddy's career. Interesting. Uh, I believe we call that blackmail. <laughs> right? Uh, but then, interestingly, in this story, they do sort of talk about the, uh, the age gap and uh, the repercussions of what this could be. They say the then 15-year-old, which is fucked up. Obviously. Uh, that is, you know, that's the phraseology used here. I would be interested to see what the, uh, you know, facts behind all that are. He believes she was 19. And then they sort of go on to talk about how uh, the age of consent is 18. Someone accused of statutory rape is able to escape conviction if they really reasonably believe the alleged victim was an adult. And the burden of proof rests on prosecutors to show that a defendant did not believe the other person was over the age of 18. So, uh, yeah, it all very much sounds like Giddy was like, yo, what the fuck? And the entire situation is beyond fucked up. So we'll see what happens with the rest of this police investigation. Uh, There was also an interesting one. Juries in criminal trials were advised by an instruction manual prepared by the state's state's judicial council. That's right, the state's judicial council that the defendant is not guilty of this crime if he, she reasonably and actually believed that the other person was aged 18 or older. Still doesn't make it any fucking better, if you ask me, but still. Other news, Ben Simmons, Box Hill Benny getting an epidural on his back. Jesus, Maya Jama smashed his back out fucking right, didn't she? God damn. He's going to be reevaluated by the Nets in two weeks. Feels like another bit of a lost season for Simo, doesn't it? Because even if he comes back in a couple of weeks... Uh, you're gonna well, he's gonna be reevaluated. Then you've got the ramp up. Then you've got the making sure it's all okay. Then it's getting back to speed on the basketball court. Then it's figuring out how to play with your teammates again. It's just another lost season. Will Simo go down as the one of the great what ifs? What if you don't take a fucking year off having a sook and then hurt your back trying to come back? What if you actually played for the Boomers instead of going to Wimbledon and getting your back smashed out by Maya Jama? <laughs> Just saying. Oh, God, it stinks. I hate every aspect of the Ben Simmons story that it doesn't involve him being healthy and playing basketball. The Extreme Zinger Meal! The Extreme Zinger Meal! Uh, he's out for the in-season tournament game with his calf injury. Bit of a rough one there for the Christophs, Porzingis and the Celtics. Uh, for the Lakers, some good news for them on the weekend when they got Rui Hachi. And uh, your man Jared Vanderbilt back as well, which is good because the Lakers, look, the Lakers snuck by the Rockets because the Rockets are horrible on the road. I'll understand that. We'll talk about that in a second when we go through the game wraps. But uh, Vanderbilt at least played. Really didn't play in that game against the Rockets. It was available, though. So see what happens. Right. T. Ross retired. That's pretty interesting. And there's some other little bits and bobs. Uh, Zach Levine to the Pistons was floated by uh, Bobby Marks on Sirius XM saying that they're a realistic landing spot for Zach Levine. So the Bulls would want a blue chip asset in return like Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. Does Levine to the Pistons move the needle much? Yeah, nah. I mean... It at least gives them someone who's not a point guard. <laughs> you can play next to Cade Cunningham pretty easily and can shoot the piss out of it. So, I mean, what does it realistically turn them from and into, though? You know, in terms of where they are at the moment as a two and eighteen team that's lost seventeen on the trot, uh, does it boost their points per game above one hundred and ten at least? Maybe, maybe. He does fit there kind of nicely, though, doesn't he? All right, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. It's going to fly through this because I want to focus on the in-season tournament for the next couple of days. Uh, and obviously no games today. So Saturday and Sunday, had some good games. I watched a shit ton because, you know, not able to walk uh, meant that I was on the couch the entire time. Uh, we had Orlando scooch by Washington just back on Saturday, 130-125. They just sort of went, right, France, outscore him. He's like, okay, no problem. Uh Philly held tough with Boston without Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. 119, they lose in Boston, 125. Celtics couldn't really get out of their own way for a lot of this game. Tatum got booted in some spurious bullshit. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, But Boston held on to win. 
The Knickerbockers beat Toronto in Toronto 119-125, which was, I mean, not great if you're a Raptors fan, right? Like, this is a game that they probably should win. The Knickers came in there on a back-to-back. Yes, they played the Pistons the day before, but they go into Toronto and handled them pretty easily. Like, that's just not great. Yeah. Speaking of bad losses, hey, uh, the Grizzlies beat the Mavericks. Oh, jeez. If you give up 108 points to the Grizzlies at the moment, you should be fired into the sun. Like, this is with the Grizzlies only getting the 14 minutes out of Jaron Jackson Jr. with the foul trouble. He had four points. What happened, Jim? Oh, Jalen Noel went off for 19 points on their head, and they got 30 from Desmond Bain. Like, they literally had four players in double figures. Santi Aldama goes for 17, 19 for Noel, and, like, Williams Jr., the uh, the much-heralded <laughs> second-round pick Vince Williams Jr., torched him. The Mavs still had Kyrie, still had Josh Green, still had Lively out there, and got absolutely killed. They didn't have Luca or Dante, obviously, because they are off having kids. But, jeez, that's just gross. Come on. Mavericks. Bad weekend for them. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh, the Pelicans handled the Spurs 121-106, no problems. And the Nuggets snuck by Phoenix. Suns in four. Suns in four. 119-115. It was a really, really fun, topsy-turvy game. But the thing I remember most about this game is that the announcers sucked. This game had like, it felt like very little life to it, even though it was Joker and KD going at it. The Nuggets... Uh, Obviously, didn't have Jam and Jamal Murray in this one. Reggie Jackson still had 20, 21, 16, and 5 for the Joker. And no Aaron Air Gordon. And the Suns were just like, ah, oh, yeah, we don't have Booker for this, bro. No good, eh? And you're like, so no Booker, no Beal. Nuggets, it was just a bit of a slog fest. And the Nuggets held them off down the stretch. So, yeah, good job, Denver, I guess. I guess. Sure. Why not? And then Sunday, yesterday we had a really big day with games sort of up and down the slate. The Warriors lost in hilarious fashion to the Clippers. Playoff P goes bang, 25 since in six with the big game-winning three. Draymond gets a crack at the game-winning three from the corner. Steph passes it to him. Draymond, clank. No good. Clippers 9-10. Warriors now 9-11. Interesting stuff, I think, for both those two teams. Interesting stuff. The Wolves beat the Hornets 123-117 because their uh, centres, I don't know, spent a lot of money on both of them between Carl anthony Towns and uh, Rudy Gobert's and stuff at that were. And they had, what, 26-12 for Gobert, 28-7-5 for Carl anthony Towns with no uh, Ant-Man. So that was good. That's a big win for the Wolves to get by the Hornets, the feisty Hornets. Terry Rose and Miles Bridges and Gordy Hayward and Brandon Spindles-Miller. Uh, that's a big win because the Hornets will come out and punk teams. They did that to the Nets the other day, and they got that win. So Wolves, 15-4. Good stuff. The Hornets dropped to 6-12. and 12. The Magic lost in Brooklyn, 129-101. Mikhail Bridges went off at 34 in the first half. He had scored Orlando by himself in the first quarter. Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. They rang up 73 on this Magic defense in the first half. It was sick and uh, rode out the win. They are now 10-9. and nine. Magic dropped a 14-6 and six with that one. The Nets needed to win that, and they did. It's good to see more Bridges going bang, though. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland won 110 over the Pistons, 101. That was, uh, yeah, it's 18, uh, 17 straight now for the Pistons. They at least put up a fight. <laughs> wasn't wasn't pretty, but they were there. Still lost. Yeah. Pacers beat the Heat, the old flipperoo from the other day, 144-129, uh, without Tyrese Halliburton. Is Halliburton the problem? <laughs> Question mark. Uh, no. This is because they got 30 from Bruce Brown. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin had 22. Miles Turner had 17. 20 each for Naismith and TJ McConnell off the bench. Benny Matherin chucked in 16. And the Heat just couldn't hang. Big Buddha Caldera was bad. Jimmy Butler had the 33, 5 and 5. No, bam! Out of bio, so not much there. Jaime Hawkins only managed the 11 points too, so a bit of a rough one. Rough one, I'll tell you, for the Heat. They're now, what, 11 and 9? 10 and 8. For the Pacers after that. It's a big win. Pelicans lost in Chicago because the Bulls don't need Zach Levine. Kobe. Kobe White. Our old mate was watching this game as well. And she's like, is he named after Kobe? And I'm like, mm, it's spelled different. But it doesn't matter in my brain. 124-118. The Pelicans just looked wonky. 
Zion and Spindles, 27 and 23 each. Uh, no CJ in this one. Dyson Daniels had seven. Herb Jones, 17. Jonas with 15 and 10. And they just never really got going. It was weird. Chicago was playing next level. 24 for DeMar. Patch Williams, he was fantastic. Amazing block down the stretch that basically had, you know, helped them win the game. Then had, like, the big awesome pass, for, like, to have the dunk to basically seal it. And it's like, yeah, Patch Williams, this is what we want to see all the time. He had 14, 4, 2, 2, and 2. Not bloody bad, bro. 8, 15 for Dasunmu and Tori Craig. Wow. The Bulls are 7 and 14. Go figure. Pelicans, it's a bad loss. 11 and 10. Uh, Hawks couldn't keep up with the Bucks. 132, 121. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Giannis had the 32, 11 and 10. Trey had 32 and 12. And it took the Bucks most of the fourth quarter to really sort of stretch out and win this one. But they did in the end, no problems. The Thunder beat the Mavericks 126-120 despite a 30-0 run by Luka and the Mavs. They emptied the clip and still fell up, sh- fell short. Luka ends up with 36-15-18. SGA had the 17 points, 5 steals, but uh wasn't going on down the stretch. The Grizzlies lost to the Suns 109-116. Uh, Booker returns 34-10-7 for him. Uh, the Blazers couldn't keep up with the Yaz in overtime. Uh, 118-113. This Jazz team is just... I don't know, man. Jim, what's your job? Yeah, it's writing about betting stuff. Ah, oh, would you bet on the Jazz? Not a fucking chance. Jeremy Jeremiah Grant had a horrible game. Shaden Sharp had 25. Brogdon with 25. Scoot had 17 off the bench. He was awesome. The Yaz had 21, 6, and 6 from Keontae George. He's rad. They had the sex man, 25. 17 for John Collins, but geez. Still a weird mess of a franchise at the moment. Just a weird team. Hard team to get a grasp on. They're now 7 and 13, the Yaz. 6 and 13 for the Blazers. The Kings outlast the Nugs, 123, 117. Awesome game. Darren Fox, 26 and 16. The Joker had 36, 13, and 14, just as a giant fuck you. Um, but the Kings sort of just put the hurt on them in the second quarter on a back-to-back for the Nugs. Aaron Air Gordon came back, at least for this one. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., though, the 13 and 12 shots, it just, they didn't have the punch to get them over the hump. They went 6 of 25 from downtown, missing a bit of that uh, jam Jamal Murray. Whereas this, if, uh, what do I, uh, I tend to say this, I bring this up on the odd occasion. If you hit 10 more threes in the opposition, you're probably going to win that game. That's what the Kings did. They went 16 to 34 from downtown. 26 for Malik Monk off the bench. That'll help. 17 and 15 for the Suvlaki King. But then we had the big one. Emo uh, Udoka and LeBron James going hammer and tongs. That's right. Emo Udoka's a coach. <laughs> 107-97. Lakers outlast the Rocks. Rockets are now 0 and 8 on the road. Crazy stuff. Lakers now moved to 12 and 9. They needed that AD. Had a shit start and then fucking kick some ass down the stretch. 27, 14, and 5. Good stuff. All right, let's do some weekend winners and losers, though, shall we? Oh, my God. I won! I won! Ah! <laughs> <clears throat> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is me, Kent Brockman. <clears throat> Can we pitch. get a shot of me? There you go. Uh, weekend winners. Tell you what, Sacramento. That winning sort of uh, quarter against the Nugs was legit. I was watching that going, what are they? Oh, my God, they're still scoring. Jeez, they lit the Nuggets up. I know you don't have Jam Jamal Murray in that game, but to hit all those threes, to have Kevin fucking hit four threes as well as Fox hit three. Keegan Murray, look, it's the sort of game where he goes, what, eight points, five rebounds. He just, he was a minus 16. But it's just that sort of sheer presence at times of going, right, the extra little threat of him out there with Barnes, with Sabonis. Kind of like it. Vizenkov had a really good game the game prior to this, but he was still a plus 14 here. Jam and, <laughs> Jam and JaVale McGee at eight. Three blocks as well. His minutes were massive. Goes four or four from the floor. The Kings, I love them. Absolutely love them. They're a heart. Like a heart attack sort of team, though, because you just don't know what the fuck is going to go on any moment. Um, other winners, OKC, weathering a 30-to-zip run is fucking stupid. They sat giddy for most of the second half. SGA was well held. Chet was well held. And they managed to still just pull it out of their ass. Like down the stretch, SGA is like, all right, let's just make some plays. It'll be fine. And they held them off. 
after a 30 30-0 run. Like, it was ridiculous. But it's like they got down. Isaiah Joe hits a three. And because it went from, what, 87 to 117. 87 to 111 to 117-111. is just stupid. Then Jalen Williams gets a dunk with four minutes to go. Isaiah Joe hits that three. And they're still down four with like two minutes to go. But Chet gets another dunk. He gets another shot. Boom, it's tied up. Jalen Williams gets one after uh, Seth Curry misses a shot. SGA solidifies it with another bucket. And they sort of just hold them off. But this is the sort of resilience you want to see from a young team. It's also just the absolute crapping down your leg that you expect from the Mavs, right? They're now 11-8 and eight after a really fast start. A couple of weird games over the weekend. We can talk about them in a second, but jeez. Some weird vibes. Weird, weird vibes. But good stuff for the Thunder. They hit 23s in that game. 20. They went 20 of 44. Kaysom Wallace hits a couple. Joe Bertans hit three. Jay Len Williams. Jay Lynn Williams. Seven threes of 10 between the two of them. Giddy hit a couple. SGA hit a couple. Dort couldn't fucking buy a bucket in that 30-0 stretch, but still held on to win. Awesome win for the Thunder. I love them. They're great. They're 13 and 6. Uh... What else? Brooklyn, getting that 42 from Bridges is actually a big moment, I think, for their season, right? It's like, yes, Bridges can do it. Cam Thomas is back. They smash the magic. They are losers because of the Simmons situation, but at the same time, just going, right, he's not going to play for the next couple of weeks. We just need to be who we are. Their ceiling is a little bit lower because of the Simmons thing. I feel like if he's out there, he gives them a defensive identity between he, Bridges, Cam Johnson and co, and Nick Claxton. Like, they have the ability to be a really scary defense at times, but without him out there, they've got to figure this shit out in the fly, and they did against the Magic. That's a big win. Uh, Detroit, but Jim, they've lost 17 straight. Yep. They're still winners because I'm more impressed that you can lose 17 straight in the year 2023. Like, it takes a lot to be that bad. And to have weird rotations from Monty Williams where he's like, is he trying to get fired and get paid out and not coach this team for the next five years? Because that dude signed, like, the biggest contract ever for a coach. And looks like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) Like, he's got weird rotations with young dudes that will definitely ruin their confidence. Like, but if you're going to tank, tank. Like, that's why this is a bit of a win. For the moment, however. Because remember, all you need to be is in that bottom three, four teams. There's a very clear line of demarcation with the three worst teams in the NBA this year. The Washington Wizards, who are fucking horrible in 3-16. and 16. The San Antonio Banderas Spurs, who have lost 14 of their own. They're just flat out bad. They're playing Jeremy Sohan at fucking point guard. He doesn't know what he's doing. The Pistons need to start putting this together just a little bit. But still... Way to tank, fellas. Way to tank. Uh, the Bulls, but Jim, they're shit. You keep yelling about how shit they are. Yeah. But amazingly, for their weekend, they won the two games over the weekend. This is big because they won the two games without Zachy Cags, Adam Levine. And that's awesome because they go, right, we know we can win without him. It doesn't fucking matter if we trade him or not. At the moment, they're starting Kobe, Kobe White, and Alex Caruso putting on a Caruso show with Vooch, Patch, and DeRozan. It's a weird lineup, but hey, it beat the Pelicans. Ship Levine off right now. You've already got the sort of, all you need basically, right, is that simple idea of a cohesive lineup without Levine. We've got some clarity now that it works without him. The move is now there to be made. Like If you can go right, we're very clearly no fucking worse off without him. Then piss him off. That's great for the Bulls. And the Clippers, that win over the Warriors with the big playoff P3 was huge for their confidence. I loved it. It was like, the Clippers, I hate watching them. They're so bad. They're so frustrating. But at the same time, Kawhi, Paul George, they have these moments where you're like, I can see why this can work. 21-5-9 and nine for Harden. Rusty with the 8-6-2 off the bench. Norm has 12. And they beat the Warriors. Just, I don't know, by kind of hanging around. <laughs> Outscored them by eight in the fourth quarter. Playoff P hits the massive three to go ahead. Draymond misses the other three. That's a huge win 
for the Warriors. You love to see it. Other ones, like the Knicks are sort of cruising along. That big win over the Toronto Raptors, look, that's a huge weekend winner for them. You love to see that. The Pacers turning around and beating the Heat after losing to them uh, a couple of days prior is pretty big. The Celtics sort of cruising along after, you know, three big wins. And the Wolves are probably my favorite ones as well. They sit atop the Western Conference right now. That's right. Your Western Conference leaders are the Minnesota Timberwolves. And as I said, Charlotte are a dangerous floater. But Jim, they're 6-12. and 12. Yeah, but they just came back and beat the Nets the other day in like a weird game where Terry Rozier can just go off at the drop of a fucking hat. Same with Miles Bridges. Gordon Haywood sort of knows his ass from his elbow. Just, they're a weird, annoying team to beat. And the Wolves went in there and went, why are way bigger than this team? Let's do it. And they did it. So that's a huge one for them. Top of the West, Minnesota. You love to see it. What about some losers, though, Jim? Who do you think are losers? We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Losers. Loser. Losers. Losers. The Golden State Warriors. What a brutal weekend for the Warriors. I mean, the one-point loss to the Clippers is one thing. Uh, Steph passing it to Draymond is another. But Jim, he was hitting them all night. Not from the corner and not for the win when you've got two of the greatest shooters in all of history on the court. The last person I want to do and take that shot for the win at the end of a game on a Warriors team is the bloke who shoots it like he's wearing a backpack. Like... What are we doing here? It was weird. I know that Clay wasn't exactly shooting the lights out. He was 4 of 11 from downtown. Steph was 4 of 9. Draymond was, at that point, 4 of 7. But he misses it. Clank. Game over. It was just, like, sucked in kind of vibes. (sighs) You love to see it sometimes. Let Steph take it. Anyway. The Mavs. uh, Like, it's nice that you can go... Look. The 30-0 run was absolutely gnarly while it was happening. I was watching it going, they've scored like 80. Oh, shit, it's 24. Oh, fuck, it's 28. 30 straight points. And uh, it was a beautiful day yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to stay on the couch and watch this game because it's chaos. And boom, I'm so happy I did. But also, if you're going to drop a 30-0 run, you know me. NBA Australia loves the old huge run. The toughest part, though, is to get up and stay up. It's like your bonus. It might take a little bit to get there, and as long as it's there, you want it to stay there. You know, we're all getting older. <laughs> and the old adage, never waste a boner, is like never been true. Never been true, you know what I'm saying? Don't waste a boner. But if you're going to go on a 30 to run to get up, you've got to stay up. And it's so fucking hard because you empty the clip to do that and then you're just exhausted. So especially having lost to the Grizzlies the day before, the Mavs dropping that game was just a kick in the teeth, I reckon, for Mavs fans. Um, Like 30-0 is special. Like it's crazy. But without Kyrie, without our man, they didn't have any of their Aussies, the Mavs, which was weird. So no Green, no Sexum, and no Kyrie. Honorary Aussie, I guess. Old NBA Kanye, but still, a bit of a tough one. Uh, the Raptors, I'm still angry about that loss to the Knicks. Like, what are they doing? Such a weird team. Frustrating. Being a Raptors fan, you must be looking at this season going, what is going on? They're 9-11. and 11. They're just... Scoob was awesome in that game. But the rest of the team, you're just like, sometimes like, I have no idea what is happening sometimes. Like, OG, you'll have a game where he looks like the best wing in the NBA, and then you'll have a game like that one where he goes 4 of 13 and has nine points against the Knicks. It's weird. Anyway. Uh, right, who are the other losers? The Suns wasted a I fucking hate that guy game from Nurkic against Jokic. Look, you can't have that awesome game from Nurkic and lose. Even KD after the ga- after the game was like, yeah, I don't know how we lost that. We can't waste that. Yeah, you can't. You're not wrong. And the Rockets, 0-8 on the road. The Rockets are the sort of fun, weird story. They are also 8-9 and nine and are 8-1 and one on at home, 0-8 on the road. That is just bizarre. They've lost three on the trot now. Just saying. Keep an eye on that. 
Uh, the biggest one for me, though, is losers, the refs. So I mentioned Tatum getting booted in that Celtics game the other day against the Sixers. Uh, the refs came out and said, well, the flagrant foul called against Tatum preceding his ejection at the end of the third quarter has been downgraded to a common foul. Okay. So does that mean they're going to play the fourth quarter again with Jason Tatum? No, of course not. So how did the ref fuck this up so badly? Oh, geez. I don't know. Is it because the ref's got his head up his ass? Yes. How many fucking times do I have to say this? Fine the refs for this shit. The overreaction, especially to this Tatum foul, right? This Tatum flagrant was hog shit. It was a really fucking bad call at the time. And the refs, I feel like before you toss a player, the other refs should come over and go, all right, are you sure he should be tossed? This is his second fucking tech. Are we going to throw him out of the game for what you think is a flagrant foul? Ref number two. Ref number two should have to make his case to the other refs and go, well, we said this kind of mean. The other ref should go, we're not fucking kicking him out of the game for that, Simon. So sit the fuck down and pull your head out your ass. Because seriously, uh, this sort of vibe of kicking a superstar out of a game, it's happened too many times already this season. And the NBA will go down a pretty tricky path where sports betting is becoming, obviously, it's rolling out all the way across the states, uh, state by state in the US of A. This is going to be way more of a fucking problem than Adam Silver and the NBA realize if they don't get a fucking handle on it. You know? Refs kicking out superstars or refs kicking out fucking anybody, for that matter, for spurious bullshit reasons. Like, you need to have a rock fucking solid reason to kick a player out of a game. And especially now, if the NBA is going to be partnered with sports betting agencies across the US of A and around the world, for this to be a level playing field and shit like that, their refs need to have a fucking handle on themselves. And across the board, they need to be able to not just justify their dumb fucking reasons for kicking someone out of a game, but held accountable for what the fuck is going on. Or else it's going to get really bad. Like... This Donahue sort of shit, the Scott Fostery kind of shit, it's going to hang over their fucking heads. They need to get on top of this. I'm just saying. That's why I'm trying to be a little bit proactive and go, yo, sort your shit out, Adam Silver. All right, quickly, NBA Australia pre-performance of the weekend. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. All right, uh, let's go. Mikael Bridges, 42 points and talking shit to, after cooking Franz Wagner. Uh, Luka Doncic with the 36, 15, and 18. I'm not bloody bad, bro. Kobe White, the 31. He absolutely went on fire. He's on fire. He's Mui Caliente. Kobe White. He was unreal against the Pelicans. Bruce Brown cooked the heat for 30 as well. But 100% my favorite game from the weekend was Yusuf Nurkic. Hello, Bosnian Bear. Going, I fucking hate guy. Looking across and going, yeah, I could be MVP too if uh, Denver keep me. I don't know what that that accent went a couple of different ways. But Yusuf Nurkic, Bosnian Bear, there you go. 31 points, 13 of 22 field goals. Two of six from three, six rebounds, two assists, six turnovers and a block. But just the sheer fuck you-wardness of this game from Nurk was amazing to watch. He's like, I fucking hate Nikola Jokic. I hate the Nuggets. This is the team that chose him over me. Fuck them. Fuck you. Fuck all years, 31 points on your head. Now, if Nurkic played like that against everybody, he'd be like the best center in the NBA, not named. Nikola Jokic, but here we are. Awesome showing. Love your use of Nurkic. What a legend. Like, just the sheer time, like, every time he goes up against the Nuggets, he goes up a gear, and it's incredible to witness. And, like, yeah, Nikola Jokic does this on the rig. Don't get me wrong. Like, the dude had, what, a... 36, 13, and 14 against the Kings the next day. He had 21, 5, and 16 in that same game against the Nugs and won. But Nurkic's performance was absolutely sick. Who was Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 Spud,
I mentioned Big Buddha Carlari with the 0 and 4 in 28 minutes for the Heat against the Pacers. Ah, it was a bad Carlari game. It was just a bad Heat game. The Pacers just curb stomped them. So, uh, 0 and 4 for Carlari in 28 minutes. Andrew Nemhard went 1 and 9 in the same game. Jeremy Jeremiah Grant went 1 and 9 in his uh, weird game for the Blazers where they still managed to get it to overtime. Goga! T-Man and Grant Williams went one of six in their games. Three of 12 for Jalen Noel after having a pretty good game. Uh, plus, the same stat line applied for Vooch and Simon Fontecchio. Three of 14 for Brandon Spindles Ingram against the uh, Bulls. Not a great one. But probably the worst one was Kyrie against Memphis. Three of 15. Yeesh. Uh, but I would like to uh, thank the bloke who looks like he could be, I don't know, the keyboardist for 311. Zach Collins saved the day on the weekend by shooting exactly that. made out in a dark hallway. Zach Collins might have. Looks like he owns a Subaru Forester. Uh, old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Who's got no mates today? Well, Tatum getting booted uh, was pretty fascinating because that ref was just fucked. Like, his bull, he's not saying anything. He's like literally telling one of the other Celtics players to come and get your boy. That's what the ref's saying. Come and get your boy. And Tatum's like, don't fucking, don't say, don't tell someone to come and get me. Let alone call him fucking boy. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, but also, Ima Yudoka getting booted for saying some shit to LeBron was amazing. I didn't mention this in the win- winners and losers, but we are all winners because it was incredible. Like, the reactions from the crowd behind him, uh, that Ima is like, Dropping, you know, pretty hard bees in there. Like, bitch ass. Like, get your bitch ass over here. Fuck you. Like, basically talking shit to LeBron. LeBron's like, hey, don't use that word that way. That's not what we do. And then Udoka's just flat, dead-eyed face, just like, go on, fucking come at me, bitch. I'll fucking smash you, bitch. What are you? Broke-ass boy, LeBron. He said something pretty nasty. And, like, to the point where, like, people behind them in the crowd are like, ooh, as he got teed up and thrown out. At the same time, I kind of, I'm going to talk about this again in a second in um, Popular Opinion of the Day, but I love that he was like super serious and not worked up. It's way more threatening. Emo Yudoka's a lunatic. But just because he's having like a private conversation with LeBron in front of, like if the ref's not there, would he have gotten thrown out? No. But the ref's standing right there and listening to every word. Emei just is like flat out, just again, dead fish eyes, just like fucking talking shit, says something nasty, basically calling LeBron a soft ass bitch or something like that. And you're like, ah, oh. I mean, geez, Emei is just calling it how he sees it. <laughs> and then he got booted. Bit of a rough one, I tell you. Pantsing of the night. Uh, a couple of good pantsings on the weekend with some blocks. We had Rudy Gobert just, like, snuffing some stuff out. Chet on the Mavs. Uh, but the 30-0 run, and then OKC going, all right, that's cute, fuck you, we're going to win the game, is a bit of a pantsing as well. It was uh, very, very gnarly. But playoff P, hitting the game-winning three, was a bit of a pantsing because then Steph giving the ball up to Draymond for the game-winner. That's uh, a bit of a pantsing. And uh, a bit... There's just like that sort of vibe across the weekend of a couple of weird ones where, look, you got to pay attention or you're going to get pantsed, right? And that's exactly where they sort of landed with a couple of them. Uh, like Brooklyn pantsed Orlando. Indy kind of pantsed Miami. Chicago definitely pantsed New Orleans. It's like, that's kind of cute. Fuck you. Bang. But yeah, weird weekend, fun weekend. And, uh, with that in mind, how about we do a bit of a better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Derek Lively was incredible. So the Mavericks got pants, obviously, in that game, but he was incredible in that uh, sort of role as the lone sort of big out there for the Mavs. 
He had 20 points on 9 of 9 shooting, 16 rebounds, and 7 blocks. Unbelievable game. And also Kobe, Kobe White. You know I love him. 31 points, 10 of 17 shooting, 8 of 13 from downtown, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Kobe was fantastic. Uh, Absolutely put the dagger in that Pelicans team. So good stuff, Kobe, and good stuff, Derek Lively. Both better than Lonzo Ball. What about the magic tweet of the day there, Jim? Have you got one ready to go? Yes. Commander's majority owner... Josh Harris is 100% right about preaching patience and building the franchise up the right way. (laughs) Amazing. Absolutely amazing gear. Uh, Where he's just retweeted, I believe, a screenshot of what appears to be a Washington Post article saying Josh Harris preaches patience, discusses plans for commanders. So Magic doesn't actually link the article. He's just saying that, he also uses capitals when he's saying Commander's majority owner, Josh Harris, is 100% right about preaching patience and building the franchise up the right way. The exclamation point at the mark at the end of it is amazing. I absolutely love it. So There was a great one, though, on the weekend. Today is World AIDS Day, and after 32 years of living with HIV, I'm blessed to still be here. I'm proud of the progress made in HIV slash AIDS research, medication, and funding. We still have a long way to go for a cure and in the fight against stigma in all communities especially in black and brown. There is no place in this world for discrimination against those living with HIV slash AIDS. Hashtag World AIDS Day. That's awesome. Great job, Magic. It's like the one thing that we sort of tend to forget about Magic. That is still like one of the very single biggest storylines and stories like to come out of the early 90s NBA and still it probably is underplayed to this day. It's weird, right? It's weird. On your loop. What a legend. Magic. You rule. Uh, How about some uh, Dickhead of the Weekend? Dickhead of the Week. Going to flip it up and reverse it. That's right. It's time for a legend of the weekend. Mitch, the other Mitch Robinson. That's right. Mitchell Robinson, the New York Knickerbockers of New York City. Uh, His former high school coach. An amazing story. Uh, His wife, the coach's wife, passes away. Uh, it turns out Mitch Robinson like visited every day as much as he could, um, and then when his when the coach's wife sadly passed away, Mitch was just like, "Yo, coach, come live with me. Just get yourself, you know, right. Enjoy yourself. Get your mind back straight." Um, amazing gear by Mitch Robinson, and like it literally took like a quick interview with the coach uh, at the, on the sideline for this even to come out. And Mitch is just like, yeah, look, I'm getting a lot of questions why I didn't post about my high school coach coming to stay with me. Reason is I did it for him, not social media. I just genuinely wanted to help him stay strong and the whole situation. I loved her as well as she, I loved her as well. She was like a mum to me. Like this is fucking legendary gear. What an awesome dude, Mitch Robinson, uh, supporting, you know, your high school coach whose wife has passed away and not saying a fucking word about it until someone else brings it up. Yeah, doing it for all the right reasons. What a legend. All right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. Alright. Let's do some ENRs. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get your merch, get your merch. Uh, NBAstraya.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt. Uh, get some stubby holders there back in stock. Get a coffee mug. I'll put up a post for those very soon. Uh, do it. Got to pay for that dog insulin somehow. Tell you what. Uh, it is weird how quickly he's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Two needles a day. No problems, bro. He barely fucking flinches. He's an awesome, awesome dog. Anyway, let's do some ENRs. Uh, these are all from Jez Oz. He uh, sent me a very nice mes- message saying, you know, uh, got a couple of uh, vibes for you. 
Hopefully you're doing all right. Uh, there's a place up here that could probably help you out and then made a joke about it being a concrete thing, saying I should drink some concrete and harden the fuck up. He's not wrong. But going from a broken finger to having COVID, then a bone spur in my fucking heel, and then my metatarsals just losing their shit for a couple of days because I'm overcompensating and now being in a walking boot. Uh, Feeling all right at the moment, though. So I can sort of hobble around, which is nice. How good are fucking anti-inflammatories? Prescription, baby. Anyway. Jez Oz is, yeah, nahs, ah, Anthony Davis is pretty much an overpaid Tobias Harris right now. Yeah, nah, he was for a moment, but then, like, the way he bounced back in that Houston game where he was, like, 0 of 6, I think, to start off with, right? Like, it was pretty nuts. He was 0 of 6 to start off with, then finished with 27, 14, 3, and 5 blocks on 10 and 22 and did a number on Shingun. So, uh, but Tobias Harris was an absolute crack-up on the weekend because I didn't really sort of, you know, belabor this point in that weird Philly-Boston game because it felt weird to talk about Philly without Embiid and Maxi. Like, Pat Bev uh, came out when Hammer and Tongs, he had 26 points in that game, and it sort of, you know, was Kendrick Perkins going, I don't know about that. They've got them dogs in them. It's like, he's just absolutely muttering nonsense Tobias Harris, though, was in the most Tobias Harris mood he's ever going to Tobias Harris, right? Nick Nurse is going to be like, all right, Tobias, we've got no Tyrese Maxey. We've got no Joel Embiid. You're a max contract player. Can you get us 28? He's like, not a problem, boss. You got it. 14 points. It's like, no, 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 no. Can you get us at least 27 points, Tobias? Come on, mate. He's like, ah, yeah, not a problem. 14 points on 16 shots it is. It was the most Tobias Harris shit you'll ever see. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, 4 turnovers, shot 6 of 16 in 38 minutes. It's unbelievable and hilarious. So thanks for coming, Tobias. Way to get paid. But AD, look, I thought kind of hit on this like last week, right? He is who we like thought he is. Like He's kind of maybe not so much peaked, but he's sort of at least hit a plateau of... Can he be amazing? Yes. Will he always be amazing? No. Like, until we sort of see just that absolute consistent dominance for a couple of months, like, AD is just kind of slightly worrisome. Like, in the back of your mind, you might be like, all right, he's saving it for the playoffs, but then you sort of go, well, is he? Is he really? I would love to see a big AD domination run similar to that New Orleans Blazers run that he had uh, a few years ago with the Pals, but I don't know. Uh, number two from Jez Oz. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say nah for overpaid Tobias Harris for AD at the moment because he can do the domination bit every so often, whereas Tobias Harris just does a lot uh, without dominating, you know? Number two, LeBron James has lost interest as he knows. He has a pack of spuds around him and is just coasting until Bronny has finished his one and done so the Lakers can draft him. They can play together. Yeah, nah. Nah. I think LeBron understands that this might not have, this Lakers squad might not have the top level vibe to get them over, you know, win through, what, four series in the playoffs. But he probably realizes this is his last best chance to win another title. So that's why he's, you know, going hammer and tongs to try to keep them afloat. And he's probably right to do so. Uh, The Clippers should wave James Harden. (laughs) Yeah, nah. If they don't, their season is cooked. Kawhi's going to bounce and the Clippers will just continue to be the laughing stock they've always been. Yeah, nah. No, I'd trade him. As I've said, right? Like Harden for Levine. Who says no? Kind of works on both both fronts. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird one, though. Like, Harden defensively is just still a mess. Levine's not much better, but I don't know. At least Levine doesn't need so much of the ball. Uh, he also adds, get well soon, soldier. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now, look at me, please. Look at me. Uh, I'd like to see more coaches talking shit to players. I fucking love that Ima Yudoka versus LeBron exchange. 
Like, good on LeBron for going, hey, man, that's not how we talk. We don't do that in email. You don't go and fucking make me, dickhead. Fucking make me. Like, Joey Muzz. Like, I'd love to see Joey Muzz be out there just going, I will fucking judo fight you alls, you motherfucker. You touch my best friend, Jason Tatum, I'm going to fucking kill you. Jason and I are going to go home and watch the town after I kick your ass, motherfucker. Like, give me some more Joey Muzz talking shit. That'd be great. And then finally, let's do an Outback Takehouse. It's Monday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, yeah, the bloody Currawongs are back. Making all sorts of noise. So, we took a couple of them out with the old cricket bats out in the backyard, and their wings are bloody delicious. That's right, Currawong wings only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is, with the in-season tournament coming down to the pointy end, I'll tell you what, you better believe that both the Celtics and the Lakers being alive and making it to Vegas and making it through to the final is 100% what Adam Silver's going to win, make sure happen. If you don't believe that, I don't know. I've got a parcel of beachfront property in Ballarat that I'll sell you. Only. At Outback. Look, seriously, when I thought about this the other day, I'm like, wait, we could have a Lakers-Knicks in-season tournament final. We could have a Lakers-Celtics in-season tournament final. 100% of a chance Adam Silver's wetting his pants at the idea of that. What, you think he'd rather have, like, what, Kings-Bucks? Pacers-Kings? Like, no chance. He won Celtics-Lakers. I will tell you that much. All right, let's take a quick break. We come back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch, Josh Giddy, as mentioned, went through his, uh, you know, I don't know, the weird investigatory mess. Pretty strange. But uh, weirdly enough, against Dallas, he only played the 17 minutes. Shot 4 of 13, was 2 of 6 from the floor, uh, from 3 rather. Ends up with 10 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 assist and a foul. And was sat with 8 minutes to go in the uh, third quarter. Didn't get back out there. Even when they were on, like, on the other end of a zero to thirty run, it feels like, yeah, I don't know, maybe having an offensive maestro out there to help sort of facilitate getting some fucking buckets. Seems like a good idea having him out there. They're like, nah, man, we've sat him, so I don't know what's going on. But it's not great. <laughs> that it is not. I will tell you. Uh, rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, Landale up against the Lakers. He got out there for three minutes. Didn't trouble the scorers. He had one block, and that was it. Uh, back to his sort of normal three- to four-minute run, uh, which is a bit disappointing, but you do get that on the big jobs. Uh, no Paddy Thrills. Paddy Mills in the Milwaukee-Atlanta game. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, Aussie Matty 2 in that Blazers game. The Utah overtime. He had six points on two or five shooting, two or four of which were from downtown. He had two blocks and a steal, though, to go two assists and three rebounds. You love to see that. How about the Great Barrier Reef? Duop Reef went three of eight for his nine points, one rebound, one assist, and one of four from downtown and two of two of the line. Crushing it. He was a plus eight in a game they lost by five. Free the Reef. Seriously, he was a plus eight. At zero fouls, only played the 14 minutes. I don't know. Chauncey Billups doesn't strike me as a great coach. That might be a big part of it. Play the Reefman. Uh, we also had. Dyson Daniels in two games. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, they beat the Spurs. He went one of four in 12 minutes against the Spurs. Two points, two rebounds and assists. Seven points, two rebounds, two assists against the Bulls. Sort of in and out of the starting lineup with CJ sort of in and out as well as he comes back from his lung issue. Uh, Greeny, Josh Green, four of 10 from the floor. 10 points against the Grizzlies. Five assists, two rebounds. Flying around. He also had three steals. Just a shame they lost that. And of course, Sexham, no games because he... Uh, had a kid, so more power to him. And jingling Joe Ingles in that loss to the Nets. Uh, look, I'm not going to say it's Jingles' fault. He had five points, two assists, two rebounds, went one or two from the floor in 16 minutes. So let's, uh, let's pump the brakes there. <laughs> it's all right. He's doing good. We're proud of our boy, Jingles. All right. Let's do an Andrew Goes Gray Mummer Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, however, shall we? Because why not? It's the first 
Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Uh, Luca's game with the uh, 36, 15, and 18. He joins Oscar Robinson as the only other player to have 35, 15, and 15 on multiple occasions, which is pretty cool. It's only been done in, I think, 10 times in NBA history. Oscar did it, the big O did it five times. Luca's now done it twice. Joker, Harden, and Wilt all did it once. It's pretty good. He had an assist for every two points he scored. 38 and 16 assists is pretty gnarly. I mean, yeah, they lost the game. But uh, the other time Luca did it, he had the 60-point game. So he's pretty special. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. 36, 15, and 18 is fucking just very, very silly. Good gear. Uh, he's also at 36, 16, and 15. So, yeah, good job by Luca. Some pretty good, excellent gear. All right, what about the Patty Mills Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in? This is just the Dante uh, post on the old IG with the baby. Uh, Daria Leorexum, 12th of the first 23, my little light. Beautiful little photos of the squid. Good on you, Dante. That's fantastic. Hopefully that's a uh, future opal right there. All right, finally, let's do it. The in-season tournament is all popping out. And popping off over the next couple of days. I'm excited. Can't wait. Let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Yeah. Let's do an inadvertent bane. Okay, Jim, how's it all going? Yeah, good weekend. No games today, so we're flying along here. I've had too much coffee. I'm seeing through time, getting a bit jittery. But in the in-season tournament, we've got the eight teams left. So we've got the four games over the next couple of days. Uh, you've got Boston Indy and Bucks Knicks in the East. And in the West, you got Pelicans at Kings and Suns Lakers. Awesome. Awesome matchups. Tuesday, however, let's do it. Boston at Indy. The Celtics haven't covered in seven of the last eight on the road. They have covered this six-point line, though, the last three times against the Pacers and beat them by 51 a month ago. Now, we know that the Pacers' offense is amazing. It's the best offense in the league. Their defense is the worst in the league, giving up 125.9 points a game. This is the fourth best defense of the Celtics and the eighth best offense. That You sort of just feel like the balance on both sides of the ball for the Celtics, even if they haven't covered seven of the last eight on the road, the, just the defensive woes for the Pacers against the sheer talent and depth of this Boston team, I just kind of can't see Indy pulling together enough stops to beat this Celtics team or at least even sort of getting within that range and keeping it super-duper close with the plus 5.5. So I'm going to go Boston minus 5.5. I'd probably still go the over 242.5 because it kind of feels like it could be a uh, 128-119 sort of game which would get you over that mark. So I think between Tatum, Brown, White, Holiday, you've sort of got enough defense in the backcourt to have a crack at the Halliburtons and Buddy Hields of the world. And then between Horford and then Tatum and Brown, you've got enough sort of interchangeable size on the wings and in the middle to really go at that pace is sort of uh, Miles Turner, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, uh, sort of weird mix and match sort of perimeter and big sort of combo. So I'll take the Celtics minus five and a half. We'll go the over in that one too. It's an awesome game though. should be really fun. Same thing goes for the Kings and the Pelicans. The Kings are six and two at home. Three and six on the road for the Pelicans. Sacramento's four and four and gets the line though at home. The Pelicans have actually beaten them twice in the last two weeks, and I feel like this is a really weird and bad matchup because the size of the Pels with Zion, Spindles, Ingram, Jonas, it's just pretty big against a Kings team that's starting, you know. Harrison, Black Falcon, Barnes, Keegan Murray, and the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis, along with Fox and uh, Kevin. So 
look, the Pelicans have won five of their last six as an underdog. And I think Sacramento can still win this game. With that crowd in the Cowbell Kingdom, absolutely everyone going nuts. It should be a really, really hyped up crowd. I'm going to take the plus four and a half for the Pelicans, though, because I think that size differential, the fact that they've beaten them a couple of times, the ability to play the defense like of Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels, a defensive backcourt against Fox & Co., even if you've got CJ McCollum to come back as well, I just sort of trust that a little bit. The Kings have been pretty up and down, so over the Pelicans, I think they can keep it close, even if Sacramento still win. I think it's a close one, so give me the Pelicans plus four and a half, and that'll be pretty, pretty fun. Uh, quick look ahead to Wednesday. I'll preview these tomorrow properly. Uh, I don't mind the Knicks against the Bucks though. I think the Bucks being so suspect defensively means the Knicks could, you know, grind their bones to make their bread a little bit, which would be kind of fun. So, and then you got Suns Lakers. I kind of don't mind the Lakers a little bit. Like, you can also see the Suns really putting together a bit of a run, and you trust KD is probably the best player in the West uh, to get through here out of everybody. He's got, if Booker's healthy, it feels like KD and Booker versus LeBron and AD, Fox and Suva and Spindles and Zion. It might be the best combo, so I don't mind the Suns. So, but that should be an awesome game as well. Can't wait. How good is the in-season tournament? Knockouts, baby! I love that they're standalone games. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm Big Kev over here. All right, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow after these two games. Cannot wait. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter. Face the IG. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia, myself and Gaz as well. Crazy NFL week this week. Now, the other big one. Cricket Today podcast, a.k.a. Cricket Australia. Uh, This is one for the uh, cricket fans out there. We've got the boys doing it. That's right. My little man, Stats Guy. You know him from this show. Uh, also, he'll be joined by our man, Marcus, and social guy, Leo. For all your cricketing needs this summer. So go subscribe to that when it goes up later this week. They'll be previewing the BBL season. It'll have its uh, podcast feed and a whole bunch of social gear. I'll be sharing it out. So keep an eye out for that. Cricket Talk. Uh, cricket, sorry, Cricket Today podcast. Good gear. Uh, get around nbastro.com slash shop and get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating review on po- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on your Android phone. It really does help out heaps. Come on, star it, review it. Just go, oh, Jim, he does a good job. Cheers, man. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats as well. Uh, also to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp. Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you listen to your tunes through. NBA Australia Sports Train Band, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a really quick deli review. Yeah, that's right, of the Robbie Williams doco. Because why not? All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. How the fuck are you? It's your old mate Deli over here to swing a bar for my latest pop culture review. I've got to tell you, had a good couple of weeks, you know, just hanging out with my United chums, playing some good games, getting back into the swing of things and all that sort of gear, you know, just ramping up the trainer, getting back out there on the hard court. I've loved it, but I've got to tell you, probably my favourite thing about being back in the NBL is just how chill it all is. Like, you know, a couple of games every so often just not without that crazy travel schedule, the NBA and gear. And look, you do get to consume a lot more culture that way, you know. Got the kid, got the missus, just going out, hanging out at home a bit more. And uh, on the weekend, you know, in between games, the missus like, right, I love Robbie Williams. We're going to watch this Robbie Williams doco on the old Netflixes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking I love Robbie Williams. How good is... I'm loving angels instead. Fucking tunes. Tunes for days. You've got 
I don't want to rock, DJ. You know, all that good shit. Just like, he is a fucking hit machine, man. So, yeah, watched it. I'm like, fucking, yeah, I remember when he was in Take That, man. Watch it back. Watch it back for good. Fucking love Robbie Williams. So, like, the doco's sick. You see, like, just, you know, all the depths of uh, despair and shit that he went through and all the panic attacks and all that sort of gear. And just how he was, like, basically the biggest pop star in the world for a little bit there. But no one in America knew the fuck he was. So, But basically, the moral of the story is, I fucking love Robbie Williams. Like, how good was he at the grand final that year? Like, that was fucking sick ass. Like, the killers can blow it out their ass. Like, Robbie Williams is a fucking gun. So, yeah, if you love Robbie Williams, or even if you just like good fucking yarns about musos and shit... Go check it out on Netflix. I'll give it about 28 out of 10 Daily Ones. So, yeah, go check it out. It's all about Robin Williams on the Netflixes. Fucking love it, mate. All right, that's it for Move of This Week. I'll catch us next time. Later, fuckers. Deli out.